Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Second Chance Podcast. This episode is in collaboration with the Longford Trust who provide financial and mentoring support to young serving and ex-prisoners. The Longford Scholarship assists in giving them a second chance to pursue a degree at university. Up until now, apart from one, all of my guest interviews have been recorded remotely thanks to COVID. But on this occasion, I was able to meet Sean in person. After gaining qualifications to earn his place at the University of Leeds, Sean's life became problematic when he couldn't secure funding to cover his tuition fees. Selling drugs was a quick solution to this problem, and Sean was arrested in his first week at university and sentenced to prison. During his time in prison and after his release, Sean was determined to pursue his goal of studying mechanical engineering. The Longford Scholarship has given him a second chance, helping him secure a place and graduate from Teesside University. Nice to meet you, Sean. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming along to talk to me today. Thank you. You've got an interesting story. I think you've got an interesting one. I've read your background. But let's start with, with who Sean is, you know, where you grew up, what life was like for you as a young man, you know, your ambitions, what you wanted to become as a young man. I mean, I didn't know what I was wanting to do originally, um, so... I dropped out of sixth form after the first year. I went and do an apprenticeship. Some sort. Of, I didn't know where I was going, to be perfectly honest. And it wasn't until about one or two years into my apprenticeship that I thought, I think I want to go down like an academic route, get into like a career type job, like an office type job. What was you doing as an apprentice? I was a machinist, so I was working in production, which I just felt like square peg and around hole sort of thing. It just wasn't. It wasn't me. I didn't feel like I was. I would like excel doing that. So if someone, I don't have like a long concentration span. So like if I'm working in production and doing like, just doing my job, job that requires like a lot of focus and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't really, I I, I struggled with that. Um, So I was looking for something else to do, but I didn't want to 
like waste the experience I had. Like I do value the experience, and it was it was a really good experience. But yeah, that's why I, that's why I moved into what I'm trying to do now, which is trying to improve like process improvement and factory management sort of thing. You ended up at, at Leeds University, is that right? Yeah, that's I did. Yeah, point. so I went and while I was doing my apprenticeship, I was doing HNC part time. What's HNC? HNC, it's like a level four qualification. Okay. It's like a BTEC level four. So you do, as an, on an apprenticeship, you normally do BTEC level three is like a minimum, which is equivalent to A level. Then you go to B, BTEC level four HNC, which is that. As I started that, I decided, right, I'm going to, I'm going to smash this. So I got distinctions in everything and I was applying for all the, all the top unis and stuff just because I could, I applied for like, I was emailing them all for 10, 20 of them. And uh, Leeds were the only one who would allow us in on my qualification. So I went to do that. I thought that's a really good opportunity. I was, everything was plain sailing. I was ready. To, it was like the April or May before I was meant to go in the September. And I got told that I couldn't get a tuition fee loan. So. Is that unusual? I think, well, yeah, it's unusual. I mean, if I did the same course full time for one year, I would have been fine to get in. But because it was technically higher education for two years, it means you kind of get the first year of a degree funded. So that, that's where I ended up. I didn't handle it the best way, I don't think. Um, mm. So I ended up selling drugs. Um, how, did that, how did that come about? Just being unhappy, being unhappy, living at home. I was 21 year old, I was living at home. I was wanting to move out, my mum's wanting us to move out. It's, that's fine. But I was working a job I didn't like. I was unhappy at work. I was looking for my next opportunity and I, I mean, I, I thought I got it. And then it was when the start slapping a price tag, £9,000 out of your pocket. I mean, I could, get, I, could, I, could, I, could get, I could get a maintenance loan, which wasn't as much as the tuition fees. So then all of that is then tuition fees. And then you've got absolutely nothing to live or pay your rent. The rent was 3800 for the year or something. So like I'm already in a deficit of that. I didn't have any savings. I was on apprenticeship sort of wage. I wasn't trying to save. I didn't think I needed to save. So yeah, I just found myself in a situation where I needed, I felt like I needed a lot of money. I mean, there was alternatives that I could have done. And I didn't take them, which is in hindsight is like, you know, I would have done it differently, but was, was that part of your, what happened. was it part of your character? I mean, you know, going into selling drugs at university, mm. was it part of your makeup? You know, I mean, no. had you got any previous convictions? No, no. So no. It, was a it was, yeah, no, it wasn't. That, I mean, that wasn't me. I mean, I was, I'm not very good at it, you know what I mean? Like it's, I always thought it was a stupid idea. I, I never like endorsed it. I never tried to do it. I didn't think it was ever a good idea. I know people who've been caught some drugs before, and I was like, don't, don't, don't do that. And then it was, it was only until I was given this massive price tag that I felt like I, I felt like I should do it. You know I mean? uh, desperation, more means. Yeah, it was end. like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was means to an end sort of thing. But, what yeah. was you selling? What sort of drugs were you selling? All sorts, everything I got caught on sorts, LSD, ketamine, cocaine. It was just everything I could get. I was trying to figure out what, what people want. It's things that I didn't think, I didn't think anyone would get hurt. No one did get hurt, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as far as I think, um, but. How long was you selling drugs before you got caught and how did you get caught? A few months. So it uh, wasn't a long career, weren't you? Weren't? No, it's not a long career, no. Literally a few months. When I found out that I couldn't get the money for that, that's when I started trying to... It was, it was like May before the September, and it wasn't until like the June that I actually like started, I suppose. 
was, was no career. It was just just trying to trying to make money on a like a side income sort of thing that I could do. How did you get caught? So we're out drinking all night. I don't, I don't know. Someone someone told the security at the university basically, and uh, I got a knock on my door and search search my room, and I got caught like that. And you held your hands up straight away. Yeah, I held my hands up straight away. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like criminal savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just held my hands up and said, yeah, like I'm in the situation. So, so you tried to explain why you did what you did, but you still ended up, they, you know, they, yeah, yeah. They, you still ended up in court. And what was the outcome of your court case? I got a harsher sentence for being at university, so I got like a almost the maximum. So I, d- I did get the maximum. I got, I got six months knocked off for... So the maximum was five and a half years. I got six months knocked off for uh, good character. And I got a third off for my guilty plea. I ended up 40-month sentence, three-and-a-half-year sentence, almost. It's still a long time, isn't it? It is, yeah. It was, quite, it was quite a long sentence. So you went to prison. Yeah. And what were you convicted of? Mm-hmm. What, what intent, was your... intent to supply class here. And you got three-and-a-half years? Yeah. What was prison like for you? Prison was it was all right. I mean, I, I you, you make do. You adapt. You adapt and survive. You know what I mean. You make the you just you, you make it as best as you can, really. I suppose. I had a lot of support. Uh, I'm very lucky for. I mean, I always had plan next. You know what I mean. This is where I am now. Plans changed. I mean, I was thinking start a business. Shall I try and get back into machining, doing what I was doing already, or shall I? try and pursue this degree, which is the path that I was trying to go on anyway. And I mean, I'm glad for the Longford Trust because I, again, couldn't get the Trisha V loan. So to have got that, to have got some support, I mean, it was it was a few thousand pounds was enough for me to scrape by. How, how did you hear about the Longford Trust when you were in prison? Um, I, I was in the, I was a teaching mentor in the business class. So I did the business course and I just stayed on there because I liked it in there. There was some good teachers and stuff a lot of people with like really good experience mm. um, there's a lot of people coming through the doors there's a lot of good conversations happening so I was like I'll stay in there I'll, I'll help people who want to do this course so while on that course in the intranet because it's, it's not an open internet it's, it's like a, a localised intranet there was a file for the Hardman directory so the Hardman directory is for prisoners looking for grants, etc. in all sorts of areas. So it's a big, it's a big book. And I found it in there and I seen Longford Trust was in there and I was like, I, I immediately requested an updated version of the Hardman directory from the Hardman Trust. I think it's Hardman Trust. And they sent it and I got it. And then, I mean, I showed, I showed all sorts of people in there. I was like, anyone who was saying the one I was like, study art like for all sorts of different reasons or anything that the one I was like yeah look at this there's um, there is support out there if you're struggling financially um, so it was really good to find and something I didn't really expect when I stumbled on it I was like that's great I mean that I could actually it makes it a feasible idea and your I, I saw your application it was very honest when I read it it, it came across very honest you were quite direct very honest mm-hmm. in your application seeking funds to do what it is you wanted to do mm-hmm. so what was it you were asking the Longford Trust to help you with I was asking for financial support but what I didn't expect I, I, I wasn't expecting the, the mentorship or any of the things that came after because so I mean the mentorship was good to see someone to be able to speak to someone in a similar 
sort of work who's had criminal convictions to talk to us about what I might expect because you are you are limited you have to be aware you have to be aware that there are limitations potentially but you've just got to find that path doesn't have those limitations so talking talking to my mentor Gavin he was he was great um, was he a prisoner as well he was yeah um someone that had been in prison come he'd out been in prison come out of prison done his degree and he's working in engineering work but he he was he was really helpful i mean he had love insight so and he was a mentor from the Longford Trust. He was a mentor for Longford Trust, yeah. Um, he was great. Apart from that, I mean, the, the trusts are just they're really helpful. After I graduated, Philippa, um, you know Philippa, she called me up and said, oh, I've spoken to a guy who works in the construction industry. They've got a lot of work up your, where you're from in Sunderland. Would you like us to put touch them? I was like, I, I've, I've sorted a job now, but like, thank you. Because I sorted a job really quickly, to be fair. Um, I consider myself really lucky to have got it so quickly. So a job that the, I want, but just before you explain that, what, what did the tuition fees that the Longford Trust supported you with, sponsored you for, allow you to do? That literally allowed me to do the degree. Like I could not have done that. I could not have done that degree without that support. It was not possible. And Absolutely did you do that possible. while you were in prison or when you came out? I started. I, I did all the applications. So I, I started my application stuff while I was in prison. As soon as I got to the CAD DGL, it's the first thing that I did. So like a weekend. I went to all the officers, knocking on all the doors, getting into contact with universities and stuff and just seeing what I could do until I found. And I mean, so I went through the applications process. I mean, it was September. I got in, started in, I enrolled in December to do a HND. To do the HND, I had to do the HND in in eight months to do the degree, to do the top-up degree at the end of that. So, yeah, I mean, I I made it work. So I had to do the HND, even in the HND, so I had December till September, I did it, before starting my top-up course for one year in October. But I mean, I had to do an extra module, because um, it was like a bridging course, and it was, it was, it was complicated. It was just a complicated path to, to get into, to finally get this, to get the degree. It was difficult. But yeah, no, I couldn't have done it without financial support. Not, it wasn't possible. And what has the degree that you got allowed you to do since? It's got me into the type of job that I wanted. I mean, part of wanting to get the degree was just to like prove myself, I suppose. So it was like a personal thing just to get it done. I was thinking if I can, I'll get into the type of work that I want to get into, which was sort of like quality engineering or manufacturing engineering, which is what I'm in or something like that. And to have gotten it is, is amazing for us. Like, I mean, it's the best opportunity I was, I was going to get. But, but that's testimony to, to your determination, really, because yeah, yeah. most people who end up in prison can become idle, can't mm-hmm. they? I'm sure you came yeah, across yeah, a lot of yeah, guys yeah. who just sat on their beds in their cells and kind of gave up until their sentence came to an end. But yeah. you were far more ambitious than that, and it's mm-hmm. led to you not only getting a, a job through mm-hmm. the scholarship, the Longford Scholarship, the financial support they gave you to get your degree, but the job that you've managed to succeed in getting mm-hmm. is with a big company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's owned by a American multinational who, I mean, asked for declaration of criminal convictions and they were willing to overlook it. And I mean, there are people, so that it, it's testament to that. People, it's not a hard and fast rule. Like some people, yeah, some people may not be okay with it. Some people may just write you off immediately, but not everyone. Some people will give you a chance if that's what you're looking for. So, Was you worried that your conviction for... Tend to supply drugs would hinder 
your well, chances yeah. of getting a job. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I was, I, I had the, I had, the, I'm very lucky that I have the fallback of having a trade behind us because I was confident that I could find a trade job, but it wasn't really what I wanted. So the type of jobs that I'm applying for, so grad jobs are, I'd say are probably a little, probably a bit more competitive. So it was, I was concerned that I wouldn't get a job. I wouldn't be able to find what I wanted. Uh, but it has been proven that people will look past it and that I have, my perseverance has paid off in the end. And we've, I've got an opportunity now that I'm going to take with both hands. And what does the future hold then? I mean, what's your ambition? You've got the job that you wanted. That's been a success. What are you hoping that will lead to? Um, I'm hoping it leads to just development of my skills and my my knowledge base and it, it can progress into it. It's a, a real career where I can be doing diverse work, uh, applying problem solving to all sorts of problems and learning about management. I mean, I'm, I, it, I work my own department, so I'm, I'm totally like on my own. So it's, there's, there's a huge learning curve and there's, there's, there's plenty for, it's plenty for us to learn and plenty for us to gain experience and see where, see where it takes us. And are you proud of what you've achieved? You know, given that at one point in your life when you were at university, things started to go drastically wrong. You know, mm. you took desperate oh, measures yeah. to support yourself, but yeah. you've come out the other end, a real success. Mm. I'd, I'd say so, yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself. What would you say to, to others who, who, who may watch this and... I'm talking about other prisoners, other people who are finding themselves in a difficult situation. Would you encourage them to, to do what you did? I would, yeah. I mean, if you if you can see a path, if you feel that there is a chance that you could do it, then then you, you've just, you just go for it. What kept me feeling okay is that I always had a plan B. I had plan B, I had plan C. I always had, no matter thinking that, like it's, it's no good focusing on an idea that is like not really attainable. I mean, I had, I had three or four attainable goals that three, three or four like ideas that I'd, I thought I could, I could do, you know, um, so I could, I could have pursued the degree. I mean, if that goes wrong, I can go work as a machinist. If I, if that still goes wrong, then I can, I can start a business at the very end of the day. Like there's ways and there's means to, to do whatever it is that you want to do as long as you just considerate of the fact that you do have a criminal record. I mean, maybe don't go into being a teacher. It's maybe oh, something and you, you might not have very much luck. Um, but just, just try and be realistic and try to take any good opportunities that you and can it, do. And it all started, or, you, you know, apart from your own personal inner drive that, that got you to where you are at the moment, it all started with you discovering this Longford Trust organisation. Yeah. There's lots of people who, who financially support the Longford Trust or support them in other ways. Mm-hmm. What would your message be to those people who continuously oh. sit there and think, is it worth me continuing to support the Longford Trust? Oh, what would I you mean, say? It's, it's actually fantastic. Like it's, it seems really well run, and I really agree with the cause. I mean, if someone is coming from a background of being in prison and they are determined to do this to do to pursue this i mean maybe you're maybe you're not looking for a career maybe you're looking to study for other reasons but i mean it's it's great like I, it was not possible for me for me it, it was not possible to do a degree and to get where i am now without it so yeah have you had the opportunity to to take your experience back into universities for example and say to others that may be 
thinking of doing the same thing, look, it's not worth it. Although you've benefited from <laughs> I, it in some... No, I, I, would, I would do it. I mean, I would do that. I, I haven't done that. But, I mean, I would be prepared to if the opportunity ever came up. But the reason I'm here is because the opportunity arose. The opportunity hasn't arose for that, so... I think it'd be a powerful testimony, not just in universities, but any young man who uh, is looking for financial mm. means and, and is thinking about getting involved in criminality. Mm. Um, you know, crime doesn't pay. It didn't pay. No, you went to no, prison. No. Um, there are... I got, I, got, I got it in my head that I had to do things a certain way. I limited my focus. I should have had a broader focus. There were alternatives. There was alternatives to what I was doing, and I didn't, I didn't do them. I was very narrow-minded, one-track-minded in this is what I must do. I must go to university now, leave home now, leave my job now. I didn't need to do any of those. I could have. There was ways I could have worked it if I was a bit more calm, a bit more diligent, um, a bit more aware. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't also. I don't, I, mean, I don't agree with it. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is. And what would your message be to potential employees who, employers of people who have been to prison, have criminal convictions, but are now trying to turn over or, you know, turn around the corner, change their life, be given a second opportunity? What would you say? Because your employer mm-hmm. has been um, open mm-hmm. in giving you the opportunity yeah, despite yeah. your criminal convictions. And a criminal conviction shouldn't be a bar no, no, to employment when no. you're as ambitious as you are. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, if you want to pursue that, there are people who will, there are people who will look past it and you shouldn't write yourself off based on having a criminal conviction. Every, everyone's got a past. You're looking to move on from the past. I mean, if it's clear that you want to do that, then you'll have no problems. I think in the end, someone, somewhere will give you a chance. And what do you think the employers need to think about? Just consider that there is a story from their side. I, I think write people off based off a tick box on a criminal convictions declaration thing or reading up online about that person is not really a full story. So just be mindful of that. And do your colleagues also know about your past? Some do. I'm not sure how many do. How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel when you're in that situation where someone doesn't know and you engage in conversation mm. and the conversation leads to where you have to say, oh, well, actually, I spent some time in prison. Are you comfortable yeah, talking to people? I am. I am. But I, I, don't, I don't advertise it. I just live my life as I would. I'm just another person at the end of the day. You're 25 years old now. It's not been that long since you, you know, got caught up in this whole criminal thing, successful at... at Earning your degree, found yourself a, a very good job. What What's the future hold then? I mean, you're you're at the beginning of your career, doing what you want to do, having achieved what you've achieved. Mm-hmm. What's the ambition? Where do you want to go to next? I just want to become competent in what I'm doing. I mean, that might take years. I mean, once I'm competent in doing what I'm doing, then I will look at what I want to do next. Whether I want to be managing a, a department doing what I'm doing or if I want to move into something else and that's where I see myself going uh, give me give me an idea of what your your degree is and what, what what skills you have and what your job actually entails so my degree was mechanical engineering I've got background as a tradesman as a machinist and it the, the degree gives you the sort of the writing and the thinking skills to enable you to apply so I, I don't know I'm not sure what I'm saying what does your day to day job involve uh, so my day to day job it's like process improvement it's 
it's it's a lot of innovation within a factory setting. For example, so if you've got, so we know from our machines, we know why machines go down, how long they're down for. We record all that. This was done before I came in, um, and we. So I'm, one of the things I'm working on at the minute is trying to get the uh, any 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 sort of like big sources of the downtime. I'm looking at breaking those down into into why it's happening, find the root causes, and then implement new processes or modifying those processes to so that so that there is things like less downtime and just to make it more productive and more competitive. But I mean, there's there's absolutely all sorts too. I mean, it's planning maintenance activities, it's sourcing of new equipment. I mean, we're setting up a new process. We get a new product from because it's an American company. From from that, we're getting a product that they make in another factory elsewhere, and we're going to start producing that. And that whole process needs set up. So I'm going to be involved in establishing what what we do. I mean, with a lot of, with the help from a lot of the people around us, um, we're going to be that's what we're going to be setting up. It's quite a responsibility. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and I'm being as responsible as I can. <laughs> but you relish the challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm, I'm much more happy to be doing that than I was in production. So how would you, just in summary and finally, how would you describe Sean today as opposed to the Sean that found himself in a situation where he, he took drastic measures in order to achieve so, what he wanted? Ah. Uh, I've gained perspective. I mean, I'm the same person, but I've just, I've gained new perspective and I learned from it. And that's it. Important. Thank you, Sean. Cheers. Thanks for listening. For more information about the Longford Trust, please visit their website. The details are in the description of this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe, share and follow us on social media at A Reporter on Instagram and Twitter or Second Chance by Raphael Rowe on Facebook. As this is an independent podcast, all the support is appreciated. If you would like to donate or advertise on this show, please get in touch via email or the Raphael Rowe website. This helps us keep the podcast moving forward. If you think you know someone with something to share on the podcast, please get in touch via social media, email or any other means you have to make contact. Audio editing is by Audio Avalanche. The original music is by J-Road Productions. The cover design work is by Studio Minerva. This episode is produced by Daryl Johnson, Sophie Warner and me, your host, Raphael Rowe. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.